I want you to turn over to Mark chapter 4 with me. Mark chapter 4. And we are finishing a series called See. As you can see up behind me, the name of the series is See. And uh, Pastor David and I have been talking about that. And he asked me if I'd minister today some on seeing the prophetic and kind of bring... Uh, some closure to this series as well as expound some on the prophetic because uh, a lot of times in the Old Testament prophets were actually called seers and seeing is always associated with the prophetic and so there's a direct correlation between seeing and the prophetic but the prophetic is a different kind of sight it's not the kind of sight where you see with your eyes it's the kind of sight where you see with the eyes of your spirit or as paul said the eyes of your understanding he called it to the ephesians and, and so i was praying about this and i wanted to bring a word today that i'm entitling can you see the seed i'm adding a little letter at the end can you see the seed s-e-e-d can you see the seed? And we're going to read from Mark chapter 4 today and kind of unpack this. But I, I want you to know that everything God does, he does through the power of a seed. Everything he does, he does through the power of a seed. Every person that's here today came by way of a seed. Everything you eat that is healthy, let me give that little caveat, came by way of a seed. That's how food is created, is through a seed. A kernel of corn is planted, and it becomes an ear of corn, and that provides the base of a lot of things that we eat, wheat. It all comes from a seed. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 12, unless a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it does, it produces a plentiful harvest. So there's this imagery all throughout the words of Jesus and really all throughout the Bible, but Jesus in particular constantly was referring to the seed. So let's look here in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read verse 30 through verse 32, and then we'll pray. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Notice that it's the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can nest, make nests in its shade. Father, we just thank you for this time today. We thank you for this wonderful church. We thank you for the pastors of this church, David and Patty and their beautiful family, their three girls. We thank you for every member of this church. We thank you for this thriving community right here in Kendall that is an influence, a lighthouse to all of South Florida. And Lord, we just thank you today that you are going to do something in our hearts. I thank you that the seed of the word is going to fall on good ground and it is going to produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Lord, today we're going to see the seed. We are going to see the seed and we're going to know that you're at work. I thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Can you see 
the seed. Now, when you plant a seed, you put it in the ground and you can't see it anymore. Isn't that right? And if you have to see it in order to believe it, you have to go dig it up and therefore it'll never do anything but be a seed because it has to stay planted where you can't see it in order for it to ever produce something. So, so there's a period of time from when you can see the seed to when you can see the harvest that you have to see it with the eyes of your spirit. You have to see it with the eyes of faith. You have to know that something is working even though you can't see it. And so many times in the kingdom, there are so many areas where we could illustrate this, but I like to use an illustration of the tithe. The tithe is a similar thing. We bring the tithe to the Lord. We bring it into, the Bible says, into the storehouse, into the house of God, into the local church, and we sow it, and then we let go of it, and we have to see a harvest with our spirit because nothing has yet happened. I shared at the earlier service, a, a, a lady shared a testimony with me, a great testimony. As I, I was, uh, the Lord was giving me this word and I was praying about it. This lady sent me this message just randomly and it so blessed me. In 2009, she planted a $900 seed at an offering at a watch night service going into 2010. And, and this last year, 2019, 10 years later, she just was believing God for a harvest. She ended up getting a check from a distant relative that passed away for $90,000. Yeah, praise God. It was the biggest check she had ever gotten. But, but more importantly, it was 100 times more than what she had given in 2009. Now, what if I said today... That we're gonna we're gonna give you an opportunity, and we're not taking an offering. I'm just making an illustration. Whatever you give today, right now, 2020 and 2030, you'll get back a hundred times that. Man, people would be empty in their pockets. They'd be trying to sell stuff. They'd empty their bank account because if you give a thousand dollars, you're gonna get a hundred thousand dollars. If you give five hundred dollars, you're gonna get fifty thousand dollars. If if we if we knew that, everybody in here, in fact, people would be calling people and they'd be showing up wanting to give. <laughs> It'd be the first time anybody ever made their way to the church just to give. <laughs> but see, that's not how things work. If that's how things work, we wouldn't be able to hold everybody in here because everybody would be trying to, to get in on God's investment strategy. But it's because it requires faith that people say, oh, that, I don't know if that works or not, or that doesn't work, or they have all kind of arguments in their mind, or the devil tells them things, or their logic kicks in. They say, I'm not doing that. And, and so because of that, they don't see anything in the eyes of faith, and so they don't sow the right seeds. See, it takes faith to sow a seed. Whenever you sow a seed, if you don't understand how the seed works, it seems like a waste of time because you go and put the seed in the earth, and now you don't even have the seed, but the seed's not doing anything. But if you give it time, it begins to come up. And, you know, when a seed comes up, it doesn't just produce another seed. Can you imagine if you took a, a, a kernel of, of corn and you put it in the ground and then about two weeks later another kernel of corn just popped out? Just one. 
Just one kernel just came up. What, what if you planted a tomato seed and, and about a month later, one tomato was just sitting there on the ground? Just one tomato. And you just had one tomato there. Boy, that, that would make growing food very hard, wouldn't it? And you really, you wouldn't have very much of an advantage to ever plant anything because you're just going to get what you planted back. And, and that's, that, 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 but that's not how God made it. You can plant one kernel of corn and not only are you not going to get two kernels of corn going to pop up, three, four, five, you're going to get a whole stalk and there's going to be ears on that stalk. And every one of those ears is going to have hundreds and even thousands of kernels. And one stalk of corn has thousands and thousands of kernels of corn in it. Because you never get back what you sowed. You always get back a harvest from what you sowed. Amen. What about a tomato plant? You plant a tomato seed. You don't get one tomato or two tomatoes. You get a plant that has all kind of tomatoes on it. Now, in Louisiana, and I'm sure it's probably similar here because it, it gets real hot and the climate's good for it, we grow lemon trees. And, and everybody's got lemon trees. And when the lemon harvest starts coming in, everybody's trying to get rid of lemons because there's too many lemons. And one lemon tree can put out four or 500 lemons. And what are you going to do with four or 500 lemons at one time? I mean, you can only make so much iced tea and squeeze so many lemons in it. And, and, and so every year when the lemon trees come in, you always know because everybody is trying to get rid of lemons. They don't want to waste them. They don't want to throw them away. So they're always trying to give them away. So, so they'll, get, they'll have a nice, nice bag and everything and say, I really wanted to give you this. What is it? Oh, it's lemon, fresh lemons from my tree. And, and it's like, no, I don't really want that. Thank you. Like, Are you sure? You don't, they're delicious. It's like, yeah, four other people have already given me their lemons that they don't want. And everybody's handing out lemons to each other at church and everywhere else. Everybody's trying to, to con everybody else into taking their lemons. And uh, while I was at home for the holidays, my mom's lemon tree was producing a harvest. And she was trying desperately to give me some lemons and I went over there and she had them all there and she said Joel I, I packed up some lemons for you from my tree I said mom I don't want those lemons I got enough lemons there's lemons everywhere and you know why there's an abundance of lemons because when you plant a lemon seed you don't get one lemon you get hundreds of lemons but the problem is it doesn't happen immediately you don't go out there, drop a lemon seed in there, and two days later you got 500 lemons. Boy, I wish it worked that way. Maybe that's how it worked in the Garden of Eden. I don't know. But it doesn't work that way anymore. You have to have faith. You, you, you have to give it time. And, and so the prophetic helps us in the moment in between when we plant the seed and when we get the harvest. The prophetic says, I see the harvest. I believe the harvest is coming. I don't have any proof, but I know in my spirit something is happening. So I'm going to keep believing and keep praising God for what I know is going to come. Amen. So Mark chapter 11, verse 23 to 24 says, when you pray, if you believe you have received it, 
you shall have what you asked for. Now, see, our mind and the world would teach us to say, when I see it, I'll believe it. Isn't that what we do? When I see it, I believe it. Uh, this year was a very extraordinary, amazing year for me and for my wife because she's an alumni of LSU and I grew up in Baton Rouge with LSU and this was our season. 15 and 0, Heisman Trophy winner, coach of the year. You, you couldn't have scripted a better year. Now, I know all you Hurricane fans, I know y'all are a little jealous, but your year is coming. I told Pastor David, we just need the hurricanes now to, to get them one. But, but this was a dream season. And, and you know what? I was one of those people who I had to see it to believe it. Like, you, you know, you, you would see cheesy signs like we believe and all that. Well, I, I kind of believe, but I really didn't believe. I wanted to believe, but I didn't believe. But when, when we beat Clemson, matter of fact, in the, about the third quarter, when we started pulling away in the national championship and I knew they couldn't come back, I started believing. And, and, and then when the confetti fell from the Superdome roof and the Sugar Bowl was over and, and, and we held that trophy up, you know what? I believed. I believed. I saw it. It's like, you know what? LSU is going to be national champion. And I know it because they are. But that's how we do in our life. That's how we do with God. Well, Lord, as soon as I see it with my natural eyes, I'll believe it with my spiritual eye. And the Lord says, no, that, that's not how faith works. Faith says, I believe it right now when I see it with my spirit. And because I see it and believe it, I will then receive it and see it with my natural eyes. And all year long, they would interview Joe Burris, our quarterback. And they'd say, what do you think about this win? He'd say, well, this is not our goal. We're going all the way. We're going to win the national championship. He believed, and therefore he received. See, the difference is he believed, and then he received, and that's why he got honor. I did not believe until I saw it, and therefore I got no honor. <laughs> because God rewards faith. Faith is what it rewards. And, and so many times we get this thing, well, I believe it when I see it. Well, that's not faith, that's doubt. That's not understanding how the seed works. That, that's, that's like, that, that's getting it backwards by faith. Faith logic says, I got to believe I'm going to see the harvest in order to ever see the harvest. I got to believe something in my spirit before I ever hold it in my hands. We see this all throughout the word of God. In Romans chapter 4, it says that Abraham's faith never wavered. In fact, grew stronger that he was going to have a child even when he was 80, 90, 95, 96. He believed with the eyes of his spirit that he would hold a child. And then at 100, the child came and he held Isaac in his hand and he received what he had already believed. Okay, so here's the deal. The seed is what triggers you to, be, to believe, to begin to believe. And a lot of times we want the harvest, but we don't plant the seed. And therefore, there's nothing to believe in. In other words, 
If you want to see something happen in your life, you have to plant a seed. Oh, can you imagine if, if I'm a farmer and I want to grow corn and the time comes to plant corn, but I don't plant corn. I stay in the house. I'm in the house, in the air conditioning. All the other farmers are out there plowing and they're sowing in the hot sun, but I'm in the house. I'm chilling. I'm drinking iced tea and lemonade on the porch. And, and then, and then the time of growth goes by and it gets time for harvest. It gets to the fall and, and we're ready to harvest. Everybody else is harvest. And, and, and I, and I keep telling our friends, you know what? I believe I'm going to have a harvest. I believe I'm going to have corn. Well, you know what? I can believe all I want. If I don't plant a seed, ain't nothing going to happen. Isn't that right? And while everybody else is bringing in their harvest, I'm sitting on the porch saying, God, I don't know why you didn't come through for me. I believed I was going to have a harvest. But see, we do that in areas of our life. We don't plant the right seeds and then we get upset with God when the harvest we wanted doesn't come in. You know, if, if we're on the workplace and we got a boss and that boss is very hard to deal with and that boss it, it maybe is resisting us and, and we don't have favor and we got the opposite of favor. We, we've got contempt and, and, and we keep believing for the Lord to strike them dead. No, no. For, <laughs> We keep believing for a promotion and we keep believing to have favor on the job, but that boss is still on. And, and we just keep believing and we get upset with God and we don't know why, but we never sow seeds. You know, maybe, maybe a, acts of kindness, maybe bringing them coffee, their favorite coffee, or, or, or just smiling at them and being nice to them, even when they're ugly to you. That, what are those? Those are seeds. Now, in this passage that we read, it said that the mustard seed is the most insignificant seed, the smallest seed, but it becomes the largest. You know, it's the little things that we don't think make any difference that end up having the biggest effect. Say, so, well, me being nice to my boss ain't going to do anything, but just make them suspicious that I'm being a butt kisser. No, if it's genuine kindness, a seed has power. Matter of fact, have, have, you ever, have you ever looked out on some concrete and seen a weed growing up through that concrete? We all have. Why? Because a seed, now we all know that seeds are not supposed to grow through concrete, but they do. Because there's power in the seed. The seed can overcome things that doesn't even make sense. The seed has a power in it that goes beyond what even logic can say. And, and as you begin to be kind, let's say to this boss, let's continue. You begin to be kind. You never know when a seed you plant is going to soften his heart, his or her heart. And favor is going to begin to come to you. Now, a lot of times. I'm going to go back to finances because finances are very tangible. We can see it. You know, we just came through Christmas time. If during the holidays you way overspend and you put a bunch of money on the credit cards and, and, and you get way overextended and then you get about two or three months down the road by March and you can't pay your bills and you're having to, you're having to pick up another job and, and then you don't feel like you're blessed and, and you're like, you know what? I gave to the church last year and it didn't do me any good. Yeah, because you sowed seeds of overspending and you reaped a harvest of debt and stress 
And God is not going to stop the harvest. He doesn't do that. He'll work with you when you plant the right seeds that are in alignment with his word. And he'll do miracles and bring a miraculous harvest. But God is not going to stop the harvest when you plant bad seeds. You can't go out. You can't be ugly to your spouse and speak negative words and be sarcastic and dishonoring to your spouse and talk about them like a dog to other people and and then expect to have a good marriage. And guess what? God's not going to give you a good marriage when you planted seeds of a bad marriage. Oh, it got quiet in here. I'm going to have to say that again. We didn't like that. There was no shouting on that at all. God is not going to cancel your bad harvest and give you a good harvest when you've been planting seeds that are bad seeds. Now, at any point, if you begin to sow good seeds, God will help you to turn that thing around and he'll bless those good seeds and they'll overtake the bad seeds and you'll get a good harvest. But it's going to take time. It's not immediate. Nothing is immediate. There's nothing you can plant. You know, we all love this story of Jack and the Beanstalk where he plants the beans and then the next day it reaches up to the heaven. We all love that because we wish that that's the way that things work, but it is not the way that things work. You sow the seed, you wait some time, and then one day the harvest comes. And you don't know when the harvest is going to come. And you have this fight, this wrestling inside through that time to give up or get mad or say it doesn't work. But when you have eyes to see what God is going to do, you say, you know what? I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But I know he's going to do it. And I don't know if you know this or not, but this is a church that believes in the power of the seed. You were at a church, and, and Pastor David and I were talking about it this morning, because we want to see a permanent home for 3W. Amen? And, and we don't just want to see it, we will see it. We actually already see it in our spirit. Now, it hadn't happened yet. We're not sitting in it. We don't know the address. We just know it's coming. We see it. We know it's a place where we can be a home. We can set up. We can have plenty of space for the kids. For all these things, we know God's got something great. But we see it right now with our spirit because we hadn't seen it with our eyes yet. But it's not just enough to say, you know what, Lord, we want that. We have to begin to plant seeds. And this church has been planting seeds. There's other churches in this community. They're building buildings, buying property. And you know what? Three W's saying, hey, we want to sow into that. Now, human logic says, well, that's crazy. We need to take whatever money we got and put it in the bank and keep it for ourselves so that we can get. No, that's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom works through sowing. When you sow, that's how you get. And it's counterintuitive to our mindset. Our mindset says we better hold on to everything we got so that one day we might get enough to scrape by and get what we need. God says, no, you let go of what you have, and then I'll let go of what's in my hand. Because what's in your hand is never as good as what's in God's hand. And 3W could save up money from now until Jesus comes back and never get something as good as if we sow and God is the one who gets involved and gives the harvest. You know, uh, my beautiful wife is here with me this morning and uh, it reminded me of when we got married. And when we got married, 
uh, she didn't really realize all that was going on, but I was pastoring a church and I invited the whole church to our wedding. And so 1,500 people showed up at our wedding. And of course, we, we had a big reception for them all and cake and did all kind of stuff for them. And it cost money. Somebody say money. You know, God didn't send ravens with the food for everybody. We had to get it from Sam's and everywhere else. So, so there, after the wedding was over and the dust clears, our church accountant said, okay, it's going to be $10,000 you owe the church. That's a lot of money, y'all. And so we, we had to pay for that. And, and we're like, we don't know where that's going to come from. So when we got back from our honeymoon, the first place I went to minister, they took up an offering, and the offering was $1,700. They gave me the check. And so there was a decision there. And I felt like, and I always have believed this, that if if it's not enough to be the harvest, then it must be the seed. Because the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. And a lot of times, God will give you seed, and you think, oh, I need to hold on to this because if I get this about 50 more times, I'll have enough for my harvest. The Lord just saying, no, I just gave you the seed. If you plant that, I'll give you the harvest. But a lot of times we don't want that. We just want God just to give it all to us. We don't want to have to step out by faith. So we, we went, we got, it was a Saturday. I got this check and I told my wife, I said, this $1,700 is not $10,000. This is a seed. It's not the harvest. We need more than $10,000. That's how we'll know it's a harvest. So I told her, we're going to give this away. So that weekend at church, signed that check over, gave that in the offering. Just said, well, that's seed. That's not the harvest. Gave it in the offering. And, and you know what? Monday morning, I went out to the mailbox. Now, this is one of those times where it was just miraculous. I went out to the mailbox and in the mail, I'm going through the mail, there was a check from the IRS. They had made a mistake like two years before, and they sent us a check for $14,000. It was sitting in the mailbox. Now, do you think that check would have been in the mailbox if I had not given that $1,700? Absolutely not. Now, your mind says, well, that was going to come anyway. They owed you that money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's not, that's not faith. Faith says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. And how many of you know he's got the riches for anything? So then I told her, I said, now that is a harvest right there. <laughs> and we were able to pay off that debt right, boom, just like that. But you know what? We could have saved, and there are times where you need to save and be smart. I understand all that. But then there's also time where you say, you know what? Even if it seems like a mustard seed, because the devil will come and say, you know, the Lord will put something on your heart, and the devil will say, it doesn't matter if you give that or not. It doesn't matter if you do that or not. It doesn't matter if you're nice to that person, if you smile at them, or if you give that little bit you have in the offering. That's not going to make any difference. That's an insignificant scene. And the moment the devil says that to you, you need to remember the words of this tall white boy from Louisiana that says all God needs is an insignificant seed and he can produce something that becomes the biggest of everything. Because the smallest seed, you look at that mustard seed, it's so small, 
But when you plant it, it becomes the largest plant in the garden. Now, God in his infinite wisdom, he made that mustard seed where we always think the seed has got to be, it's got to be an indication of the harvest, but that's not how God works. We look at the seed and try to predict what the harvest is going to be. You can't do that. With God, God can take something insignificant and make something amazing, supernatural. So we have to begin look, looking in our lives and saying, what, what are some areas or even just one area in our life where we don't like the harvest that we've been getting? Because everything you're getting in life this moment, it's from seeds you sowed in past seasons. If you're having trouble in your marriage, it's because you sowed seeds that led to that trouble a season, two, three seasons ago. Same with your finances and vice versa. If you're in a place where financially you're doing well, it's because you sowed the right seeds in past seasons. With your physical health, it's the same thing. If you don't sow good seeds, you end up one day dealing with a harvest that you don't like because you sowed seeds. And so what do you? what's the only way you can change it is beginning to sow good seed. And here's the thing. The moment you begin to sow good seed, it's not going to be turned around. You're still going to be eating from the old harvest. Now let's think about this. If you plant bad corn and you get a harvest of bad corn, well, you wait through the winter, springtime comes, you plant good corn. That whole time you're eating bad corn. Isn't that right? Even when you plant the good seed, you still have to eat the bad corn. And then the whole growing season goes through. You can't go out there and eat the new harvest. It's not ready yet. You're still eating the bad harvest. It's not until the harvest comes in that you switch over from the bad harvest to the good harvest. So let me help you a little bit today. This is what happens to a lot of people coming to church. I've been 40 years. I've been in the church. I've watched this over and over. Again. This is what people do. They, they sow bad seed for years and even decades. And, and the harvest from all those things that they've done, may, maybe they've sown bad seeds relationally, they've sown bad seeds financially, they've sown bad seeds physically, they've, gone, they've sown bad seeds vocationally, and it all just crashes on them, and they get so sick of eating from the bad harvest that they come to the Lord. And they give their life to Jesus. And what do they do? They start planting good seeds now. They start seeing what they need to do. They start hearing about tithing. They start, you know, reading a book about marriage. And they start doing things God's way. And they start planting all the seeds. But the only problem is they're still eating from that old harvest. And they say, well, I tried all that and it didn't work. I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say some variation. I know Pastor David, you and Pat, they're shaking their head. They've heard it over. Anybody pastoring has heard, I tried all that and it didn't work. You know what they're saying? I planted good seed, but I'm still eating a bad harvest. That's the translation. That's what they're saying. And you have to try to say to them, well, you got to understand something. By faith, you have to know that if you're planting good seed, a good harvest is coming. Just because you're eating from the old harvest that was a, from bad seed doesn't mean that a good harvest is not coming. It just means it's not here yet. Let me give you an illustration. 
Last year, in December of 2018, my brother, Pastor Jonathan Stockstill, who pastors Bethany Church, he preached a prophetic word on expectation. And I remember I was in my car in Dallas listening to the podcast in my car, and I remember I even got home and I just sat in my car and finished listening to it because the Holy Spirit was dealing with me so strongly about this. And I, I think I listened to it at least one more time, maybe two more times. I listened to the message two or three times because it really spoke to me and resonated with me. And because of everything I've been through in my health, I've had a lot. I've had a lot of battles with my health and, you know, I just never know when something's going to go wrong. I realized I had began to expect bad things and that's not faith. And the Holy Spirit began dealing with me about this and said, you've got to begin to expect good things. So I began to think, you know what? I need to do something to help me turn around bad expectation to good expectation. And I'm the kind of person where I feel like if I'm going to apply something, if I'm going to do something, I need to do it daily. So I'm like, what can I do daily to change my expectations other than just, you know what? I recognize I need to change my expectation, but that's not good enough. I need to do some, I need to plant some seeds. So I said, you know what? In my prayer journal every day, when I spend time with the Lord, I'm going to write a sentence or two of expectation that's positive and begin to train myself in how to expect good things. Just like you would a muscle. I'm, I'm going to begin to train it. So I remember the first couple of days, I, 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 all I could get out was, I expect today to be a good day. That, that, that's all I could say. I didn't know what else to say. My, my expectation muscles were so weak. And even when I wrote it, I really didn't even believe it. I just wrote it. Just wrote it down. And, and I started doing that every day. And then, you know what? After a little while, I remember telling Amy, I said, you know what? I'm starting to get good at this expectation journal. You know, I expect this next week to be a great week in favor as I go here. And I believe the Lord's going to open doors here. I mean, I got to where I would have to shut myself down because I'm just going to town. <laughs> so I did this from the middle of December 2018. Fast forward to the middle of November 2019. I've been going 11 months expectation journal. And you know what changed in my life? Nothing. You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? <laughs> my wife and I like to say nothing. Nothing changed. I'm every day. I'm enjoying writing expectations. I got to, yeah, I could bring my journal and show you. I mean, I'm, boy, I'm going to town. I'm expecting, oh, hallelujah. And, and meanwhile, nothing has changed. Stuff is still going haywire. What's happening? I'm eating from all the seed of bad expectation. I'm still eating from that harvest. I've been planting good seed, but I hadn't been eating from the good seed. I've been eating from the bad seed while I wait on the good seed. And then... It was, it was so tangible. And this is, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm telling you about it. It was so tangible. I remember a Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night in the middle of November. The next day, I had a good day planned. And I was, you know, I, I was 
going to do some things, whatever. And, and, and Amy said, what you got going on tomorrow? And I just, I don't know, it just came out of me. I just said, I'm so excited about tomorrow, I feel like tomorrow is Christmas. I'm just so excited. And, 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 and I had to pick her up off the floor. <laughs> but I realized for the first time that the seeds of expectation had begun to come in. I was now beginning to taste of the fruit. Now, it took 11 months, y'all. Now, what if after 10 months, I would have said, I've been doing this dumb expectation journal for 10 months. At 300 days, I've written something. And you know what? It, might, it, it was fun to write, but it didn't do anything. I ain't doing that anymore. I might have missed out on the harvest. But in November, the harvest began to come in. And then after that, now, I, I just feel so much excitement in my heart. Every day, I just like, tomorrow's going to be amazing. Tomorrow's going to be incredible. Tomorrow, and, and I literally am very excited. I was super excited about today, and I'm super excited about tomorrow because the Super Bowl is here. And I'm a big sports fan, and all the Fox sports shows that I like to watch, Skip and Shannon and Colin Coward, they're all going to be in Miami Beach. And I found out about it, and I'm going down there tomorrow. So I'm pumped about tomorrow because I'm going down there to the Super Bowl complex, and I'm just excited. And Tuesday is going to be even – I got even more stuff on Tuesday. And you know what? I – I could have done all those things before, but there was no expectation in my heart. It took me 11 months to sow seed, watch it grow, and begin to eat of the new harvest. And let me just tell you something, baby. I'm eating of the new harvest now. I'm living in a whole new reality. But it took 11 months. So, so here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Figure out what area in your life you don't like the harvest that you're eating and start planting new seed. Now, here's your assignment. Don't just plant the seed. Don't even worry about it or look up till 2021. You say, a whole year? Yeah, a whole year. And you know what? If something just changes and it's amazing this year, great. But don't give up just because you don't see an immediate harvest. Say, I'm going to do this. I don't care what I see. With the eyes of my spirit, I see the harvest that I want. You know, so many times people are single and they want to get married, but they don't plant the right seeds. They're not friendly. They don't put themselves out there in a way that they don't get fixed up. They go around looking like a hot mess all the time. <laughs> You know, my wife and I laugh about it because there was, there was girls in our youth ministry who wanted to be married, but they, they, they couldn't get married. And they would complain, and they would talk about how the men never ask anybody out and how there's no men around anymore, That blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. I remember one of the young ladies always complaining she was a pretty girl she should have got married a long time ago and i remember one of the guys in in the ministry liked her and would talk to me about her but he would ask her to go do things and she would say no 
But she was getting mad at God that he wouldn't send her a husband. And I want to say, there he is, daughter. There, he's right there. What, do you need God to write in the sky, go on a date with him? I mean, the seed you need to plant is to put your makeup on and go to Chili's with this man. They say, well, that ain't going to do any good. I've been on dates before. That's your insignificant seed. I mean, and you know what? The sad thing is that girl is still single to this day. You know why? Because if you can't go on a date, then you're never going to walk down the aisle. You want the harvest of a wedding dress, but you won't put on a nice shirt and jeans to go to Chili's. They say, well, I don't want to wear jeans. I want a wedding dress. Yeah, you want the harvest, but you don't want to plant the seed. It doesn't work that way. Now, on the total opposite, my beautiful wife, when I started asking her to do stuff, she was always available. And guess what happened? She got the harvest of the wedding dress. And a much bigger wedding than she ever imagined she was going to have. See, God will give you a supernatural harvest if you'll plant a seed. Don't make it too big. I see every day when I read the word of God, an insignificant seed. What does it matter? Why do you have to read every day? Well, I don't have to. I'm not going to get to heaven and the Lord say, oh, you, Joel, you can't come in back on Tuesday in 2019. You didn't read the Bible. No, I'm under grace. But I know that in the day of battle, that insignificant seed is going to cause me to rise up and be powerful in the spirit. And so many believers wait till they get that report from the doctor to try to go get in the word. It's too late. When you're hungry is not the time to plant the wheat. You're going to starve to death waiting on that wheat to come in. See? And that's what happens to a lot of people. They do nothing. And then whenever they need a harvest, they start trying to plant seed. It, it, it doesn't work. I've seen people on a serious note. I can't tell you how many people I've seen that they or somebody in their family gets a diagnosis of cancer or some disease. And then all of a sudden they want to get every tape that's out there on divine healing. They want every book that's out. But you know what? you got to begin putting that in your spirit now so that when the doctor gives a report, you, you know whose report am I going to believe. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I believe Jesus is my healer just like I believe he's my redeemer. And I'm full of faith. I don't care what the doctor said. I care what this book right here said. I've been believing it before, and I'm going to believe it now. I don't care what anybody said. I'm getting a harvest of this book right here. Insignificant seeds. So the question is, what seed are you looking at today? Can you see the seed? What, what can you do today? That'll ensure that you're going to receive what you need tomorrow. And the world understands this. They realize if you don't save for retirement, when you get older, you're not going to have anything. 
but we have a hard time. We, Jesus is the one who taught us all of this, but we have a hard time connecting. And so today we're asking, can you see the seed? Amen. Let's bow our heads.